Welcome to the Bruins Brenders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 12 with Maddie and Smitty in Knuckles and Island, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website, run in your phone. And now Smitty has some info about a new, in- a new partnership with ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, the Bruins are going to be on ESPN Plus from time to time this season, and you can watch them by signing up for ESPN Plus on InsideTheRink.com. Not only do you get the most out of market hockey, but you get many other sports, including college basketball, college hockey, college football, and more. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Again, that is ESPN Plus. Signing up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. And we are happy to have as a guest this week, Chris Nicholson Island. And uh, Chris, uh, really good to have you with uh, on the program with us. Yeah, good to join you guys. Thanks for having me. Um, how's it going? Good. Yeah, it's going. It's going great. And uh, you know, we've really enjoyed your Raw Knuckles podcast, and we wanted to you know just get from you how it co- came about and and how it's been going for you. Well, um, I moved back here in 2011 mm-hmm. uh, because I had a job opportunity with TSN. Um, a radio show, which I started probably around 2012 full time and um, had a good run, was gone 10 years. Um, I refused to get uh, vaccinated. Uh, I had COVID at the beginning and I refused on the grounds of uh, um, applying for a medical exemption, which they basically told me to go fuck myself. So um, I was no longer had a job. I was working mm. from home. I wasn't a danger to anybody. Right. And um, they um, relieved me of my duties. So I wow. said, geez, maybe I'll start a podcast. Why not? Everybody else in fucking <laughs> North America is doing one. So right. why don't I? And um, I've had fun. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been a learning um, process. You know, um, pretty much a learning curve, trying to build it up and get that listenership and, um, you know, where you get it to a point where you can make some money, you know, I'm not doing it for mm-hmm. health, but, uh, yeah. we're not, we're getting there. And, um, certainly, um, it's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah. We, 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 we we're, we're part of that. Uh, everybody fucking else. Group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's us too. Yeah. We're struggling with yeah. that same thing too. Trying to like make a little money with it and, uh, you know, <laughs> see what happens, but we're, we're having fun doing it, but you, your podcast survived longer than Mike Milbury's podcast is. Uh, so, uh, do you, you giving Milbury any shit about Milbury's fight club, uh, you know, yeah. closing up shop. That's too bad because I, I like Mike, Mike's, yeah. um, I really like Mike. He's a, mm. he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. He's an intelligent guy. Um, he's opinionated. Uh, he is someone who I remember back when playing against him, right, when uh, the Players Association was meeting and Mike Milbury was popping off about Alan Eagleson. And everybody around the league was saying, Milbury, shut the fuck up. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, everybody's sticking up for the asshole who was screwing all of us. Right. Milbury had the balls to come out and tell it like it was. So mm. uh, my, I have a lot of respect for Mike Milbury, not just because he named me the all-star team. That, honestly, I didn't even want to go. He named me, and I think it was it was a quite an quite a honor, and it showed how much respect he had for me. But before before that even, I, I loved playing 
for him when he was coaching the Bruins. I absolutely love him. He's the type of guy I go through a wall for. And uh, I really liked him as a coach, and I liked him as a person. I like Mike Melberg. Yeah. And he didn't yeah. like yeah, and, and we like him too. He was on our podcast, so he was kind enough to do that, and he was he was excellent. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, tell it like it is guy, and, and we, we liked it a lot. Um, all right, so getting into uh, some of today's hockey, and just want to ask you this about the responses in today's game when it comes to big, clean hits. Seems to be a big, clean hit comes, and here comes a teammate trying to stick up for someone. Is that something that should be policed by the players, or is a big, clean hit just is what it is, and, and just go ahead and play hockey? Yeah, I, it, it, again, I don't know. I think back in the day, you know, certainly if you hit one of the superstars on the mm-hmm. game or really hit them hard or played and it was clean, you'd have to answer the bell too. Mm-hmm. Now it just seems anybody who gets hit, uh, they'll come to their aid. Now, listen, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I think, you know, there were plenty of times in that game I got hit by guys, and I went down, I took the hit, and got up and trying to even it up later. Not necessarily fight a guy, but hit him. You know, hit him clean again. Uh, but certainly, uh, I can see when guys get cheap shots or stuff like that, guys sticking in there. Yeah, the game has changed somewhat. Yeah. That, you know, we know it's fast, so there's no red line. I can't imagine playing without a red line back in our really? day because it, it, it's, it can be dangerous, right? You guys get yeah. a lot of speed, speed coming yeah. in the zone, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. a lot of speed, uh, the collisions. You know, you saw Scott Stevens hitting back in the day with guys vulnerable. Can't do that anymore, which, you know, back in the day it was, oh, keep your head up. You got to keep your head up, boys. Now it's like you see someone with a head down, mm-hmm. You got to back off. You got to take it easy on them, which I get because of the speed of the game, the equipment, everything. It really hurts somebody bad. So sure. I don't have a problem with that. You can hit guys without having them, you know, knock them yeah. out. Right. Did, did you feel that you were protected maybe less because you were willing to do that? You like stick up for yourself and you could fight for yourself? Is that, yeah, you think I, you might I have didn't been? Anybody protecting me, you know? Yeah. Listen, right. I, had <laughs> I, I got a great picture here in the background of, yeah, yeah. Uh, me and, uh, Terry squaring off, and Shelly oh, yeah. was in there trying to play. <laughs> right. And yeah. Shelly would do that, honestly. Yeah. And it, I loved it because he was such a great teammate. Like, he always tried to get in and keep me out of it if he could. Uh, you know, and he, he'd jump in there and help. I loved that about him. Um, mm. Certainly, I, I never looked for that. You know, I, I didn't want guys to jump in and, mm. and try and help me. And I, honestly, I wasn't in many situations where I needed someone to. Honestly, right. um, so yeah, I didn't have a problem with that. I, hmm. I like doing it. Uh, you had Kevin Stevens on your podcast recently. He played uh, one season with the Bruins and had some uh, personal struggles. Um, and you discussed kind of the macho and tough image in in hockey. Do you think people in hockey now are a little more sensitive to the to the human side and and mental illness in hockey? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, listen. Um, Back in the day, there was a lot of drinking in the game. I don't know what it's like today, honestly, the drugs or the drinking or what's going on. Um, I don't stick my nose into any of that. Um, You know, we see a lot of guys, not a lot, but we see certain teams, certain guys end up going into the the program with um, the NHL, the behavioral health program. Some... um, you know, it it you find out later it was either alcohol or 
uh, or, or something. And um, then some go in, like there was a player here that went in, uh, Jonathan Drewent. Uh, he had some issues. Uh, Kerry Price did. Um, so I don't know what those issues were, but I think the league has um, done a better job, uh, the behavioral health program, of really um, being there for guys and, and letting them know that there is somebody you can speak to if you have a problem. And that's one of the issues with um, guys who struggle with mental health or uh, alcohol or drug abuse. There's a stigma attached to that, that, that you're weak, that, um, you know, you, you're crazy because you, you need help uh, from a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And uh, that stigma I, I, it's still there, but I, I really feel that players um, uh, get maybe into a situation now where they, they, they're okay with asking for help. And, you know, I just know back in my day, that's not something I know. I can only speak for myself. And for myself, it was very hard for me to ask for help. I never did, never wanted to. Uh, I always wanted to be got, the guy to help other people out. And mm. it was hard for me. I, I get it, but I, yeah, I, I think there is um, the stigma starting to come down somewhat, and and guys are willing to say, hey, "Listen, I need help. Uh, I can't deal with this. Whatever it is, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or um, you know, anxiety. Um, some people have a difficult time with that. Depression. Um, you know, I've never, uh, quite frankly, had anxiety. I never really had depression until um, last year. Um, mm. I had a, a disease called polymyalgia rheumatica. It attacks um, guys over 50, um, and it attacks all your joints. And all your joints are on fire. Um, you can't loosen up. You can hardly move. I had a hard time getting out of bed, and they put me on prednisone. Mm. And... Uh, the prednisone worked wonders, but um, when I came down off of it, I came down, uh, titrated down off it. I, I came down too fast, and I went into a depression for like three days, four days. Uh, it's funny, my girlfriend Jamie said to me, you okay? She always fucking knows when something's wrong with me. Right. <laughs> so, uh, she did. First... I never said nothing about the polymyalgia because I didn't want to alarm her. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was MS or ALS. I would, right. All this yeah. shit was going through my head. Sure. And one day I got out of bed and she said, geez, you all right? I said, actually, no, I'm not. So that's how we attacked that one. And I finally got on the prednisone. Things went great. Came down too fast. And then one day she said, hey, you okay? And I said, actually, no, I'm not. And I, I just had this... And I'm so glad I had it, to be honest with you, because I understand what other people feel like now when they get it. Until mm -hmm. you experience it, you hear someone right. say, oh, I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, come on. Mm -hmm. You know, fucking suck it up, right. let's go. Right. You know, sure. and that's the mentality, especially for guys. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm glad I experienced it now because I know the feeling of what people go through. And they don't just have it for four days like I did. Fuck it, right. it, it can last for weeks, right. Uh, right. And, they, they, and they have a tough time coming out of it. So, yeah, it was a good experience for me, and I'm glad I was able to overcome it, and I overcame it by um, 
taking more prednisone and then coming back down at a slower rate. I just wanted to get off it, you know. Look, I went from 200. It helped me, my joints. It squared everything away, but... Fuck, I weigh 240 fucking pounds. I, I look like Fat Albert there. You know, fat, I, 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 you know uh, I, I was huge. And, you know, once I got off the prednisone and started watching myself again, I got back down a healthy 215, but oof, I, was, I was chunky. Yeah. Um, you talked re- briefly about the Bruins signing Mitchell Miller and that's the whole situation. I mean, is that something that you- they even should have done in the first place. And, and, and this this question for you, too. In the locker room, a lot of guys were vocal about it. Is that something that would have happened years ago where guys would have cared enough to take that kind of stance? Well, were they really vocal before all that? Right. You know, I don't know right. when the vocalness come out. After right. Maybe right. somebody came down the room and said, hey, we got yeah. a problem here. Mm-hmm. So here's what right. we want you guys to say. And I'm not saying it was – it wasn't genuine on their part, mm-hmm. but you know, right. it's like the Chicago situation with Kyle Beach. Mm-hmm. They come down and told those guys to, "Hey, you focus on hockey. Right. You know, zip it when it comes to that." And, and quite frankly, I had a hard time with that one. Um, I heard people saying, "Oh, Taze and Kane, you know, they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame." And I'm, what, what are these fucking people talking about? Because that kid, Kyle Beach, why did he do what he did? Because he was worried he was going to lose his job, right? Mm -hmm. He was threatened with, you'll never fucking play in the NHL, blah, 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 right? From this fucking video coach. I don't know how that happened, by the way. But but then you've got these guys listening to management saying, hey, keep your mouth shut, focus on hockey. Why did they keep their mouth shut and focus on hockey? Because they were worried about, if they didn't, Like, what's going to happen to them? So they went basically doing the same thing that Kyle Beach was, you know, taking care of themselves. And, um, you know, back to Mitchell Miller, we looked at the Canadian sign a kid here, and, you know, he had that issue where he took a picture with a girl. He went to court in Sweden. Uh, He he was sentenced. He, He did his community service, was contrite, all that. It wasn't an ongoing thing. It was a one-time thing. Does not make it right. Does it not make it any less uh, sick, crazy, mm-hmm. stupid? Mm-hmm. But you can see an immature kid doing that in that locker room atmosphere. Now, um, apparently that kid has done some work and done a lot of work on trying to get well. The thing with Miller, this wasn't a one-time deal. This was a continuation. Mm-hmm. This kid had some mental deficiencies that he bullied, that he picked on. Uh, it was constant. And then the kid who did it with him actually went to the house and apologized to the mom and the kid. Miller did it on fucking Snapchat or something. I mean, how, mm. how serious and how sincere can that be mm. on Snapchat? Apologize. Sure. You, know, you go to that fucking house and you sit down with that kid, you look him right. in the eye and his mom and say, you know, listen, I am so sorry I did this. I was immature. I was stupid. I was mean. And I, I'm going to do something about it. I'm gonna, and I'm, I'm trying to make this up to you some way in right. in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But for all intents and purposes, it, it, was, um, it wasn't handled that way. And it should have been. And mm-hmm. the kid might have had a shot. Listen, I give people, they make mistakes. 
and mm-hmm. they deserve second chances. This kid did something bad. The behavior is bad. He can. It's obviously a learned behavior. He can unlearn yeah. it, right. and um, that's going to take time. I I hope maybe one day uh, he'll realize what he did wrong and maybe get a chance down the road. But who knows? Yeah, he didn't really seem like he was sincere in his apology and that's really the, the the problem I had with it most of all like I think I think you're right people do deserve second chances um but when you're when you act that way for that long and and really the only reason you're apologizing is because you have an NHL contract and maybe a little bit of like you said a little bit of money to come your way um you know that's not really the real reason that you should be apologizing for it um so anyway switching gears a little bit um i guess we might as well talk about the canadian the canadians a little bit <laughs> seeing that you know them so well uh the team has seen a, a pretty good improvement with uh Martin St. Louis running the show over there and um what has been the difference with him behind the bench uh, versus some of the guys they had before that? It's you know it's basically the same team, uh, and he's just kind of uh, you not know, really. There's no, been a lot of changes. Yeah, There's been a lot of changes. Um, okay, and um, you know you look on defense. Come on, they got Jack guy. They got Harris. Um, uh, you know, Caden Gooley. They got three rookies, four rookies on defense. The mm-hmm. other kid over seven. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, and they got a bunch of rookies up front. They brought over Kirby Doc. They got rid of Romanov. So there's been changes. Um, it's not basically the same team. And I think the biggest difference here is um, changing uh, the managerial staff, bringing in uh, what I love, and I bust everybody's balls up here that, you know, we you got to bring a guy from fucking Boston. Boston is fixing yeah. the Canadians. And I love it. <laughs> Jeff Gordon uh, yeah. and Ken Hughes have done an awesome job here. And um, they've come in. They've been open. They've been uh, really uh, good with the alumni. They've been good with just everything. And then Marty coming in. And apparently the first speech he ever gave in the room was guys said they've never heard anything like it. Um, mm. um, I've talked to quite a few guys, had them on the podcast. I got Abba Jacki coming out uh, tomorrow. We had him on. A tough kid, a uh, nice kid, but, you know, he said it was just incredible how this coach, he he, he, he gives guys opportunities. Uh, he wants you to be play hockey. He's not fucking – yes, he, he worried about defense. He wants you to be a hockey player. He wants you to go out there and, and, and not just be safe all the time, but play hockey. I want you to play hockey. And I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in there, but um, – yeah, he um, he's made a big difference in these guys. They love him, um, and and you know I heard nothing but good things about him, and it, that's a good thing for this organization, no question. Yeah, and, and the you know the player that really came on was Cole Caulfield, and you know he's become a really exciting player. It looks like he he escaped injury the other day on a big hit, so that was that was good for him. But he's really become an exciting player and really seemed to burst onto the scene right after the coaching change. Yeah, well, listen, in in defense of him, you know, he had such a world win year. And the whole team, going to the Stanley Cup final, mm. that was – listen, we know how difficult that is to get mm. there. At least I do. And it is fucking difficult to get there. It's difficult to win the Stanley Cup. It's the hottest thing I have ever did in hockey, to go that far and win. And I can't imagine go that far and losing what it takes right. out of you. Okay, mm-hmm. to get to the mm-hmm. final. We yeah. saw what the Bruins did in 2011, right? Yeah. 
They right. fucking go all the way and they win it. Man, those guys in Vancouver, how close they were yeah. and how much that stings. Mm. And you may never get back there and they fucking haven't. Right. Mm. So, right. so they go to the final, they don't, they don't win. Um, and everybody's, oh, they don't belong there. Blah, blah, blah. But the thing is they made it there and they made it there convincingly. Um, and you can talk about the goalie, but they scored goals. They made it happen. They got hot at the right time. It, it doesn't always work that way, though, but it worked that way for the Canadians. Uh, in losing, that, that whole COVID thing, you know, fucking the hotel, being locked down, all the bullshit, you know, that takes a lot. That took a lot out of everybody. Mm-hmm. And they came back the next year to training camp, and uh, Pierre Gervais, the trainer here, just come out with a book, Mm-hmm. And they t- he talked about um, the coach and uh, Dominic Duchamp saying, you know, they say he lost the room. Pierre said he never had the room. Now, this fucking guy <laughs> has been around since 1986, since mm-hmm. I've been here. Mm-hmm. And um, he finally just retired. And a lot of people say, oh, my God, the trainee is speaking out. But he's selling a shitload of books. On <laughs> a shitload of books. But he said some things that were edgy. And. But I, I think things that a lot of people already knew, like they knew something was going on with Dominic Deshaun. He didn't have that strong firm voice. He mm. might have known the game. He knew how to change lines, do all that. And honestly, uh, when I looked at it, I also thought, there was, you know, Caulfield was getting yanked quite a bit. He wasn't getting the power play time. And, you know, Jonathan Drew in had – his best years under this coach in junior. And, and this is pro hockey now, but, and he kept playing Drew in and, you know, Drew in could do whatever he wanted. And it seemed to me, some of the guys didn't like that hmm. because Jonathan was having a difficult time. He wasn't pulling his weight offensively and coupled, coupled with that. And I just think guys, he didn't have the voice. They listen to Luke Richardson, who was the defensive coach at the time. He had a big voice. The guys had a lot of respect for him. And it, it was tough because Dominic Duchamp is a great guy. But I, I, I'm, it's going to be hard-pressed to see him get another job in the NHL as a head coach, to be honest with you. I, just, I don't know how it's going to happen. But um, he's a real good guy, and um, it, it, I just don't know if he has the voice for it, to be honest. Yeah, so uh, how much have you seen of the Bruins – uh, first of all, and then um, what do you what do you think stands out most about about that team so far this year? Well, just well, Olmark, you know, mm-hmm. what's he one seven two goals against? That's unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the defense certainly playing well, and I think one of the biggest things. And no one fucking don't tell me you expected the Bruins to be here. Anybody um, always expect the Bruins to be competitive to but to be where they are right now. I don't think fuck if anybody says they call that, they're full of shit. Um, bringing Krejci back was huge. Mm. And, and come on, Bergeron is one of the greatest leaders to have ever played the game. Um, what I will say, their age, where they are right now in their ages, if, if they stay healthy, it's watch out for the Bruins. But if they get hurt, there could be some issues there. Um, mm. But I love the way they're playing. Uh, you know, uh, love uh, – Pasternak, I absolutely love that kid. Um, 
Marshawn is more mature, not fucking licking everybody and you know, all the bullshit. You know, he's playing hot and he's playing the way he always plays, but he's cutting the, the shit out, which, you know, I get it. Sometimes you're young, you get crazy, you do some stupid shit. But I, I think he's taken more of a, um, he's matured more and the kids, he's always fucking showing up and he's always put the numbers up. A lot of respect for him. Um, so yeah, that team is, um, you know, they, they got good center Reisman. You got to, you know, you need that. You, the Habs haven't had that in years. They haven't ever fucking, they were, you know, a bunch of fucking little guys up the middle. They, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. You're not standing at the end with all the little guys, but I love the way the Bruins are playing. Um, um, Jersey, certainly a team that man, sure. That's another one. If you told me you thought they were going to be doing this, you're full of shit. I mean, mm-hmm. I love the fact that the fan base was <clears throat> saying, fire Lindy. Yeah. Right. I know. And then they're sorry. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That is great. Uh, I love the, I love where the Bruins are. Listen, I'm a Habs fan. I want to see the Habs do well, but you know, after that, I certainly always like to see the Bruins do well. Mm-hmm. Now you've been on both sides of it. Is this is the Bruins Canadians rivalry still a thing? I mean, should well, the league go back to playing more games? The playoffs again? You know, it's yeah, playoffs where they built. Yeah. yeah, right. And it's also back in our day. Fuck, like, we played four games in Boston during the season, and then four in Montreal. Right. Oh, eight times a year. Yeah. And, play what, three? And then, yeah. And then what? Three or four games in fucking the exhibition season. Right. You know, yeah. Every idiot in the world comes up and fights you. <laughs> You know, everybody's fighting. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. So that really plays into it. They don't do that anymore. How many times they play the They don't even play the fucking Bruins till what, January? Yeah, I think it's three times only, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So many teams in the league. I really wish. And I, I don't think they'll do it because if you do, if you have a schedule like you used to against these two teams, there's going to be shit. There's going to be nasty shit happening. I don't think the league wants that. No, you know they. Oh, I, I think I, they had rivalry week like last year. They had fucking Arizona and Minnesota. Yeah, it's mint in front of forty eight hundred people in yeah. Arizona. Whoa, yeah. oh Jesus! <laughs> so you uh, you mentioned before that you were selected for the All Star game in ninety one by uh, Milbury when he was coach. Uh, even even though you had a broken foot at the time, did you end up going and and being able no, to hang I out with the guys? Ankle. Here's the deal: I broke my and he named Brian Scridland too, teammate okay. of mine. Yep, uh, yep. who was an awesome guy. I was so happy to see him go. Mm-hmm. Here's here's what happened to me though: I broke my ankle playing basketball on the parquet. Okay, okay. okay. I had an uh, X-ray. They said I've oh you sprained it right. I, my fucking mm-hmm. ankle was that big. I couldn't even get my foot in there. Anyway, I used to. They had me walking around the Boston Garden with a fucking boot on. They call it open chain technique, right? My fucking ankle is broken. <laughs> you know, the tailless bone is shaped like that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was broken in half. It's the bone oh. that's in between oh. both ankles. Yeah. And it allows you to go Jesus. like that. Yeah. That was broken in fucking half. <laughs> I have to have it back together and wires put in there so they could bring it together to heal. So meanwhile, they're saying I got a sprained ankle and they're doing the fucking open chain technique on me. I mean, what's the fuck? Anyway, and I, I skated 
I tried skating three times. I went out and practice, and fuck, I get going. I mean, I fucking, I got tears in my eyes. I'd be in the locker room afterwards, and I had that uh, pressure boot on with ice water that goes in it, and they put it. it the water would drain out, then it come back in and put pressure on your ankle. I'm going, oh, oh come on the table, and guys are going, come on, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> sprained ankle, right? Everybody think it's sprained, right? They finally, the fucking cheap bastards, do an MRI and found out I got a broken tailor. So they left me in the hospital. So we we got to operate right away. So that was like, but the All-Star game came, and I didn't have surgery yet. Like, so I couldn't even fucking walk, and they wanted me to go there. And I think Mike was mad I didn't go, but fuck, I couldn't even walk. Yeah. Fuck. And you know, I'm going to get on a plane and fly out there and fucking limp around for three days. And, you know, you know, you had a, and not that I cared, but you had all them assholes in the media who were like, Oh fuck, this is terrible. Oh, what they're doing. Oh, you know, you know, meanwhile, fucking guys like me are the ones who fucking protect all them fucking twinkle toe pricks who, who play in the all-star game. Right. Yeah. What'd you think when John, when John Scott got, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Uh, and I love that the league had to eat shit on that one. Because, <laughs> Me too. You know, they right. treat him like a fucking leper. Yeah. I, right. I just think, you know, for a part of the game that was such a big part of the game for so many years, hmm. they, they could give, give a shit about anybody uh, hmm. when it comes to that part of the game. And we see that. Like, honestly, I, and I'll say, I, I don't have a problem saying it. Terry O'Reilly belongs in the fucking Hall of Fame, Terry O'Reilly, hmm. what he did in Boston. That guy worked his balls off. He had a hundred points one year. Like I, I just, a guy like that, that's a fucking hall of famer. Mm. That's a hall of famer. In my eyes. I think it's bullshit that, mm. you know, guy like him, um, is not in there. I read, mm. you know, it's like they, that the tough hockey player that everybody loved and looked up to back in that day, they don't even want to fucking recognize that part of the game. You know what I mean? Mm. Like right. forget that part. We don't, right. That's a stain on our beautiful record. Us, right. You know, I, I got some problems with some of that shit. Like, like Pat Burns, you know, the fucking guy is dying of fucking cancer. And they, they, they could not put him in while he was still alive. So his family could go there and see him go up there and accept that award and get up and speak. Those fucking assholes vote him in the year, the year after he dies. Right. Fucking jerks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, now you mentioned you mentioned already too too many teams. It looks like they're going to expand again, and looking like maybe a second Toronto team is that a good idea? Listen, I, I would like to see them put a team in Quebec City for yeah, I would too. Second in fucking Toronto. Yeah, you know, honestly, the only problem is right when you lose a team like they they lost their franchise. Hmm. I think the issues when in Quebec is can they handle being able to fill that building every night mm. and, and sell all them boxes in that small little Quebec city. And that's the issue. And I think the league is scared to go back into there. Now mm. could Toronto field another team? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Buffalo is right there, but I don't know that they couldn't would they fill the building yeah they'll probably sell cheaper tickets in the lease and they could build up a fan base but there's so many fucking leaf fans in mm. 
Loyal, loyal Leaf fans. I don't know. I, I don't know. Could it work? I'm sure they've done all the studies on it, but sure. who knows? There's enough people for sure. Sure. You know? no, no doubt. Uh, well, Chris, it's great to have you on. It's always good to talk with you. We hope you have yeah. a great holiday and, yeah. and do well and, and wish you continued good health. Yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, Merry sure. Christmas to you, and thanks for having me. Enjoy the um, brewing season. Uh, sure. We're, we're going to enjoy it because the next few we, we're not sure of. Well, when it ever goes to shit, it's going to be fun. <laughs> right. It's yeah, been right. a lot of shit up here for years, believe me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I bet. Yeah. Oh, I bet. You know, yeah. It's like one big, long root canal. <laughs> it sure is. All right, Chris. Thanks, thanks so a lot, much. Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks. Right, be well. Bye-bye now. Thank you. All right. And that was Chris Nyland joining us on the uh, the uh, podcast. Always good to talk with him. Uh, very colorful in his language, like Smitty, and uh, goes to the Smitty School of Dictionary uh, there as well. Uh, weekend review time, uh, December 9th. Uh, the Bruins were at Arizona, and this was just hopefully – one of those one of those games you look back on in a great season and like what the hell happened there? Uh, they were out. They outshoot the Coyotes forty six sixteen. The Bruins dominate, but can't really finish. Uh, Vejmelka was tremendous for the Oats. It was kind of a joke of a game. They lose four to three to one of the worst teams in the league in a in a college arena. Yeah, I mean, it was really all uh, Wamelka, and and he was tremendous. The Bruins, I think, had more quality scoring chances than the Coyotes had shots, but it seemed like every time, you know, the Bruins would dominate, 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 have all these chances, and then they do one stupid thing, or they commit a penalty, or give up an odd man rush, or the puck would bounce the wrong way, and it's then it was in their net, uh, which was a problem they had kind of uh, last year a little bit. Uh, where every mistake they made seemed to end up in the net, and it seemed like that was the case in this game. And uh, just just a joke overall. They they just totally dominated, and the goalie stole that one. Yeah. And then on December 11th, the rematch at Vegas with the Golden Knights, a 3-1 to win. And as was the case uh, in Boston, Bruins started slowly, took some early penalties. Mark Stone cashed in with a goal. Patrice Bergeron tied it in the second on a great passing play. Clifton the pass to the Bergeron. Bruins dominant in the third again. It's been has been the case much much of the year. Great play by Hall to spring Zaka, who delivered a beautiful saucer pass over to Jake DeBrusque for the goal to put the bees up two to one. And and it was uh, Jake DeBrusque selly night because he uh, you know he loved to score that one against Vegas and Cassidy. Um, JD was physical and fast, uh, and it pays off with the goal there. Nick Foligno joins Coyle and Frederick for the third. And they were a handful. They played extremely well together. Bruins' best line in the third period. Allmark improved to 16-1 and on the season. Most wins, best save percentage, best goals against, best goalie in the league to this point. Bruins finished the road trip 2-1 two two and one and gets a party in Vegas before returning home. Real good road win and avenge the uh, shootout loss in Boston. Yeah, it was a real nice win uh, going out there and, and being able to uh, to take care of business against a Vegas team that plays them tough um, and has played them tough. And, you know, you throw Cassidy into that mix and it's uh, even a little bit tougher, I think, because Cassidy knows them a little bit and, and knows how they like to play, knows where they like to get shots from and whatnot. So, yeah, it was a real nice win. Uh, and Allmark just, um, you know, has been outstanding all year long. 
Uh, no doubt. And, and on December 13th versus the New York Islanders, a 4-3 to three win in the shootout, a real grind of a game. Didn't start great again. And it was a battle throughout. Islanders played really well. Uh, they've been improving as the year has gone on. Jake with a couple of nice goals in the game. Becomes the fourth Bruin in double figures with his 10th and 11th of the year. Derek Forbort with a shorthanded snipe. Great great goal. Gives the Bruins a 3-2 to two lead in the second. The Isles compete hard. And in the third, it was Zekas who gets a good bounce at the side of the net. Ties the game. Both goalies make huge saves in overtime. And the Bees win it in the shootout with goals by Jake DeBrusque and David Pasternak. Uh, really good win in what is normally a scheduled loss when you factor in coming back from the road trip, playing the Islanders who they've had some struggles with, particularly at home. Uh, and they beat the Islanders four to three. Yeah. That's a real tough team to, to come off the road against. Cause the Islanders, you know, they're going to play the right way. You know, that mm-hmm. fourth line, the identity line for the Islanders is going to grind you down. They're going to bang you. So you're already a little bit tired. You're a little bit heavy legged. And then you got these guys coming in and just every chance they get, they're grinding you down. They're on you. They're battling hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a real grind of a game. And it was really nice to see, uh, in a, in a, Basically, what is a scheduled loss to to have the Bruins kind of fight their way through it and uh, show some resiliency and, and come out with the two points in the end. Yeah, man, the Bruins get uh, you know a two and one week there, uh, and now twenty three four and one in first in the Atlantic and and rolling along with three three, three home games coming up uh, this week. All right, Seven Chirps is sponsored by Lops Brewing, Lobster Brewery and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code Sports to get ten percent off your online order. Just go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them on social media at Lops brewing for new beers and events and chirp number one on the games with names podcast Zdeno Chara said that the Canucks were practicing their Stanley Cup winning celebrations before game three in Boston in 2011 Kevin Bieksa took exception thoughts on this one <laughs> <laughs> to uh, say he took exception is an understatement. It is. I mean, he's been on a campaign. Yeah, he has been. Thing. He has been. He he's a, a, a commentator on Sports Night in Canada, or one of these one of these uh, hockey shows up up in Canada, and and uh, just been going on nonstop talking about the leaders they have on this te- on that team, and they wouldn't allow that. And he was talking about the Bruins, the starter jacket, like they didn't have anything about that. He lied about that because they did have something similar to that. Um, the leaders they have on the team, stuff like that wouldn't happen, but they're going to let Alex Burroughs bite guys. So if he wants to talk about leadership, I'll take Bergeron and Chara over the clowns that they have there uh, any day of the week. He can call them oh, Hall yeah. of Famers, but the Sidine Twins, in my eyes, are soft clowns. And Luongo wanted his tires pumped the entire series uh, and gave up a ton of goals. Uh, so... To me, yeah. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to believe Zdeno Chara before I'm going to believe Kevin Bieksa. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, it's Chara all day, twice on Sunday, whatever, any other day of the week you want to pick him on. I'll pick him in that in that on that day too. So, yeah, I yeah. I, I, I think it's a joke. Yeah, I mean, I that the reason why they lost 
to the to the because they were they were more talented than the Bruins. They were better than the Bruins, and they were favored to win the series. And mm-hmm. they were up two games to none. The reason why they lost is because they were soft as baby shit. Mm-hmm. And and it, when push came to shove, they were front runners. They were they were bandwagoners. And as soon as the shit ran downhill, they had no answer. Like they had no answer for the Bruins' toughness and resilience, and just the overall leadership of that team. And you you know throw Recky in there, throw other guys Absolutely. that are just far better leaders than than those dudes. And I'll tell you, can you see? I don't see Zdeno Chara being tongue in cheek comment guy. Like he, he's this has to be true. I don't see him being like, hey, just loose with my words. If it's Sean Thornton, okay, maybe he's lying, maybe he's exaggerating, maybe yeah. he's maybe he's fucking around. I yeah, if know. it's Andy Ferentz, yeah, yeah, maybe he's maybe, maybe he's. But Zdeno Chara just doesn't strike me as a guy who <laughs> would would completely fabricate a story right. about yeah. another team in the NHL. He has too much respect for guys in the league, too much respect for guys on his own team. Uh, you know, the way he treats rookies, the culture he built in Boston. He's not just going to lie about it uh, randomly on a podcast. So uh, to think that that's the case is just completely false. I mean, Bieksa, they they did it, and now he has to defend it because they lost. They thought they were going to win, and they lost. Because they screwed it up. Yeah, they lost. And you know what? It, of all the teams in NHL history, this is the one team I believe would do something that fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, like that would yeah. that is exactly their MO. Yeah. Like, we're going to we're going to celebrate the friggin' we're going to practice celebrating yeah. on the ice. Uh, you know, it, you know, come on, Kevin. I mean, honestly. And then he's, you know, disappointed and saying all these things about Chara. Chara is one of the most respected guys in the in the universe. Right. Like it's it just to for do that is just it's you know, it's just unreal. Um all right, Chirp 2, what do the Bruins do with Jeremy Swayman? He's becoming a an, uh, free agent. He's an RFA yeah, at RFA. the end of the year. And, you know, you have $5 million and another goalie. You have some good goalies in the farm. You know, what do you do? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what what uh, what you do right now. I think you play. Uh, you probably play out the season. And mm-hmm. you see if he can rebound a little bit. He's, you know, goalies tend to have stretches where they're not so hot. He, he is, you know, he did get a, have a little injury there, so he was a little banged up. Um, you know, and Allmark's just playing unbelievable. I mean, Swayman's been yeah. not great. Like, his save percentage is under 90. Um, so, you know, there there is some concern there. Sure. Um and you, you don't want to just automatically renew the guy, but you also don't want to give up on him. You know, goalies tend to take a little longer to develop. So I think you have to kind of ride out the year and then see where you're at. And maybe you, you know, I think you want to sign him because you always want to have goalie depth. You don't want to just give a goalie away for, for no reason, unless you can trade him and get a piece back. Maybe that's a possibility. Maybe you can trade sure. him, trade him and get that center that you might be looking for. Um, but I think you have to, you have to ride it out and then, and then hopefully you can, you know, sign him to a kind of a bridge deal that you get him maybe for, uh, you know, decent uh, money and then, you know, go from there. You know, do you think that Swayman could be like, you know what? explore a trade because I want to be the lead guy. I mean, I, I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, he, he looks happy here. And of course, I'll market him a great relationship and all that. But I mean, it could come down to, it, you know, the writing on the wall is like, if all going to be here another couple of years, at least, you know, and I'm not the number one guy and probably won't be. Do you think he says, you know what, kind of explore it and see, see what you can get and see where I can go to play. 
Because that could happen. Yeah, it could. I don't. I don't really think that that's his personality. At least that's the way right. it doesn't. He doesn't come up come across that way. So yeah. I don't know if he would if he would do that. I think he would be willing to kind of ride it out because they they are you know generally they're pretty good about kind of splitting, uh, splitting the net more fifty fifty than some other teams. I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll yeah. be a little different under Montgomery and and plus you know Amark's played so well. Maybe that changes a little bit. I don't know. Um, right. but I, I think he would be willing more to ride it out, uh, and see, you know, what happens in a couple of years. He does say that they kind of try to compete against each other. So maybe, you know, how Mark playing so well, um, will bring out the best of them in, in him. And, and then, you know, in two years, he's ready to take over that, that number one job. Yeah, for sure. So that's something, you know, it's something to keep an eye on and see, especially with a cap only going up a million, you know, it's, there's a lot to do there and I'm just not sure how it all comes together. All right. Uh, chirp three, Flutishinzawa of the athletic reports that Parsonak does not want nor need to be the highest paid player in the game. Finally, some good news in this con- contract talks. It seems like I seem to go back and forth on this thing like every day right at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I it, that can only be construed as good news. So, I mean, right. I guess that I guess that's a win uh, that he, you know, he doesn't want to set the market for you know the highest paid guy in the league, which he could if he got mm-hmm. to the open market. I think he would um, be the highest paid player in the league just because it's the his time and his contract mm-hmm. came up at the, you know at the right time. Uh, I think that he'll probably take a little less to stay in Boston, but he's not going to take a lot less. And, right. and the longer you wait, the, the more expensive it is uh, uh, every day. So, you know, the, I was hopeful that it was going to be aided, aided 88. Uh, it may be higher than that now. <laughs> yeah, I think, be. you know, instead of 11 a year now, maybe you're looking at 12 a year and then, hmm. you know, uh, so the longer this, this goes, the, the, you know, the more worried I get. And the fact that, you know, when you get to the trade lot deadline and, and you're the number one team in the league, do you just let it ride? And then if you lose them, you lose them for nothing. Then you look like an absolute buffoon if you're Sweeney and Neely. Yeah, right. So I mean, you really, really have to get it done you do. before the you tra- do trade deadline. You do. You're hundred percent. And, and, you know, he, he's always said that money is not the determining factor, and it's always been true. Like, he's always been true to his word there. He took less money back when his, in his last contract, and and he seems to continue to say it. Like, and he wouldn't continue to say it if it wasn't true. So yeah, let me throw this scenario at you. With the, with the current situation they are as a team, what about, like, him taking, like, a – in, in, in this is ludicrous, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. <laughs> takes a takes like a a one year six mil, like almost an extension of what he has now for one more year to get the team into a another salary cap bump the following year, and then going with the big deal after that. I mean, if they could get him to do that we should be throwing parades in the city for, for Don Sweeney. I think that would be tremendous for everyone involved. That would give money for them to sign, uh, resign Bergeron, possibly sure. Krejci if they wanted to stay. Right. Uh, you Zaka, know, man, Zaka, guys, yeah, I mean, guys, Zaka, yeah. there's some other guys that are up. So, I mean, if he would be willing to that, to, to do that, I mean, you should give him a permanent A, throw an A on that guy's chest sure. and uh, and call him a leader that he was, uh, you know, selfless uh, to help right. the team out. And, 
yeah, a party for the for the management of the Bruins if they can get him to do it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's no. going to sign his, if, his big I'll, deal. Right. But I'll tell you what, if you're Don Sweeney, don't you throw that idea out? Like, look, David, we're going to, we want you forever and ever. Amen. So, but we have this issue, this bottleneck issue right now. We have all these guys up. The salary cap just won't move. And we have to sign all these guys. We, we think it's going to move, you know, four or five million the following year. And then we have all these guys sort of off the books and there'll be more room to do things. Can we just do we just do add one more year to what you're currently doing and then, and then sign some guys and make sure that we have what we have. And then the following year, I mean, I, it's kind of a creative move. It is. But I, I think maybe from his point of view, it's like the, the risk of injury thing. Right, probably would weigh yeah. into it. It's like, yeah. you know, even and even if they gave him a little raise, like now I think he's making like six 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 or something like that. You know, six point yeah, six like six. One at eight or something. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you gave him one at eight or one at seven, even then I think, you know, the injury thing, like, oh, if he, you know, shatters his leg or right, you know, yeah. God forbid yeah. does something like that that's career threatening. And right. then and what then yeah. you know, the Bruins aren't gonna say, Oh yeah, sure, we'll oh, sign yeah. you to an eight year, you know, yeah, we'll eighty five million you know, eight years, ninety six million. They're <laughs> right. gonna say, Well, you know, that's too no, bad you hurt sorry, yourself. <laughs> so take care. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think true. I think but it's I, really yeah. it's really his time. Uh, to cash in and they should pay him as we've said a hundred thousand times on this podcast before players and scores like him do not grow on trees. No. So uh, you have to lock them up when you have them. Uh, they should learn from the Red Sox and all the bad PR that the Red Sox are getting for letting bets go and letting Bogarts go and letting the Bogarts deal get to the point that it got to uh, when they should have made him a realistic offer uh, prior to him reaching free agency. They did not. And then he got a huge offer in free agency and it bit him in the ass. And they were like, oh, you can't give him, you know, $350 million. Well, No, you couldn't have. You, and you shouldn't. But you could have given him $250 million or 200 whatever million uh, last year. And then you mm. wouldn't have had to deal with this whole thing. You wouldn't have lost the player and the fan right. base wouldn't be pissed at you. So right. the Bruins should learn from that and, and get this done uh, before it's too late. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's something, again, something that we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Chirp 4. Bruins have reportedly inquired about Chicago's Jonathan Taves. Uh, it would be a really good get for this current team because if, you know, you slot him in there at, you know, third line center or some insurance in case Krejci continues to get banged up, you know. and But, geez, I just don't think you... I mean, this would be pure rental, right? Yeah, it'd be a pure rental, but I, I would I would love that move. Would you? I would okay. love it. Because okay. I think he would be he would be like your defensive forward that can add a little off like he's better than Thomas Nosek. Right? Yeah. Right. So that's all you need to say. So Thomas Nosek yeah. comes out of the lineup and then yeah. you have either yeah. Taves or Coyle at third and fourth yeah. center. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes. But crying out loud. Yes, please. Yeah. Give me, right. give me those four centers in whatever order you want to put them in. Jesus you know, bro, yeah. Bergeron, Krejci, Taves, mm-hmm. Coyle. Yes. Wow. Please. Good up the middle. Wow. So if you want to rent and you want to take a shot, yeah, do it. Mm. So yeah. uh, if, you know, I'm sure he has a no move. So it would be hopefully a situation that was similar to 
the hall thing where you don't have to give up a ton to bring them in, then I'm all, then yeah. I'm in. I'm all for it. You get I mean, creative. So, so you're doing moving the money first and low rye. Uh because isn't that what it kind of is? I mean, isn't yeah, that what it I mean, kind of be. Well, yeah. I mean, Hall wasn't true. Not Hall true. was a second was Bjork, <laughs> second, and you got Lazar. Yeah. Well, in that case, it should be Lauko in a second, right? So if you could get, if you could say, like, so would you do this? Would you do, would you do a, uh, like a, like two seconds and uh, Brett Harrison? Yes, I do that. Sure. I do that for days. Sure you would. 100% I would. Yeah. There's no assurance on, on, on Harrison. He has, he has skill and he has ability. Right. But there's, there's been questions about his, you know, effort level, consistency, Mm -hmm. all the shit that doesn't make you a good NHL player. Right. It's kind of been tagged on him. Yeah. So it's still a long shot with him in two seconds, you know, you know, who gives a frog's fat ass? Right. I mean, honestly, he could shoot the hell out of the puck round. It doesn't, you know, it, 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 it decreases dramatically your, your likelihood of getting a good NHL player. It does. So yeah, yeah so I'm a, with you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to me, like if it's something like that, yeah, I'm in. Get get me, yeah. get me Jonathan Taves and, le- and let's make this team even more of a fucking wagon. Let's do it. Christ. I mean, if that's the case, if, if that's yes. I mean, if, if they take that, Hell yeah, you know. I, but I mean, it, it would have to. They might have to because well, he's he's at the end. Yeah, of an eleven million dollar contract. He's right. gonna want to make a lot. His next deal. This is his last legitimate deal at thirty four years old or whatever he is. Mm-hmm. So this is this is it for him. So they can't just lose him for nothing. So yeah, maybe maybe you get. I mean, Lindholm just got a little bit more than that. He didn't get much more than that in return, and he's significantly younger. Well, he, I mean, he's going to have a mo- no move, so it would have to be something like that because they could get more from somebody else from yeah. you know for him than the Bruins could give. So it would have to be a situation where like, he for, kind of forces his way to Boston like Hall did, and right. then you, you, know, you kind of sweeten it for Chicago you know, to say, you know, trade him because maybe yeah. they wouldn't trade him. But uh, you know what I mean. I, so I think, yeah, and you have to think Bergeron is a former, you know, Canadian teammate of his, and all yeah. that. You have to think he's in on like, yeah, let's get Taves and let's make that work, and sure. maybe he talks him into taking a little bit, you know, to you know, to coming over and forcing his way over. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's true. And I'm I'm with you that if you have to, if you're going for it, I mean, because look at this is their last chance for few years right so that's <laughs> like, that's so my you're thing going for it, you're going for it that's my thing about the whole exactly so if you're going for it go for it don't right. don't don't right. cheap out now like if you right. if you're trying to win the whole damn thing for bergeron right. and Krejci and whatever and they're last year playing then go, go for it yes do yes. everything possible okay. to make it the best team that you can possibly have right you know still uh, are, you still have a chance of being a playoff team, even going forward with McAvoy. If you sign Pasternak, you still have really good. You have good goalies. Yeah, Lindholm. Yeah, you Lindholm. have Paul. You'll have you yeah. know you have guys yeah. for Marchand. You have guys for for yeah. You'll, yeah, you'll be a playoff team. You just yeah. might not be, you know, right. a Stanley Cup contender. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, all right, Chirp Five NHL expansion. We talked about it with Chris Nyland. Where do you want it? Uh, to me, it's Quebec City just because I like the, you know, 
I like the Nordiques logo. Bring the Nordiques yeah. back. I, I, <laughs> so I like the, the I, I like yeah. the Nordic Winnipeg Jets back. Right? Yeah, I mean, for crying out loud, Winnipeg. I mean, Quebec yeah. is, is as good of a market as fucking sure. Winnipeg is, oh, and it's a better market than Florida. Better, it's better than Edmonton. Nobody shows up in Florida. Yeah. Nobody no, shows nobody up. Nobody shows up. And yeah, nobody. So shows up in Florida. it's a better market than that. Like yeah. people don't go to the fucking games. Arizona, they're playing in front of 4,800 people. People yes. don't go to the fucking games. Yeah, so put it, on this, put, yeah. it, put it in Quebec. I mean, if you want to do, I could see another te- uh, Texas team. So like Houston, I could Houston. see, or, yeah. or Austin, or da- uh, you yeah. know, there is Dallas. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Houston or Austin, I could see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other than that, like Quebec City to me is the one. and Or Hartford. It throw is. it back in Hartford. Hartford. Yeah, throw it back in Hartford. Yeah. I, I, I mean, love the... Uh, other teams like, like Kansas City and Cleveland. You know, those could, you could revisit that whole thing, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you could, I suppose. You know? But I, I'm with you on Quebec City. I think that that's, that's where you put it. You, you need to go to a rabid... Can you, can you have an expansion where you go to a, an already rabid fan base that would be ready to go? Like, can we not... Right, have to generate fucking enthusiasm. Yeah, in a place that's just a dangerous thing. Um, so I'm going. I'll go Quebec City on that one. Even though I, I, I would rather have them lop like six teams out of the league. Yeah, and go with a condensed, in condensed schedule, condensed teams. You know, put all those all those good players on other rosters, and then you have some really good fucking teams. Yeah, you, you know would. I mean, you have some really. Good yeah. Um. All right. Uh, number six. Bruins have 47 points. And after all this historic starts and great, a great team, maybe the best they've ever had, uh, only three points ahead of Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I mean Toronto's right. Toronto's playing really well. Uh, you know, Bruins have a couple games in hand, so it's you know it could be slightly different if the Bruins win those. Uh, but yeah, Toronto's playing really well. Uh, we thought going into the year that Toronto was going to be a good team, and and they're finally starting to uh, you know realize their their potential. Miner's mm-hmm. having an unbelievable streak right now. I, I think it's what twenty three in a row that he has a point in, which is like a fourth longest streak in the history of the league or something shit like that mm-hmm. so uh you know they have things cooking up there and and if they can ever get their defense and their goaltending figured out they're gonna be they're gonna yeah. be uh very very difficult to deal with because yeah. they have some explosive forwards that are, are really dynamic right uh all right chirp number seven is this in fact the best bruins team since the 70s your analysis uh it is it is the best Bruins okay. team since the okay. 70s. There, there it is, plain as day. Uh, this team, if you want to talk about point percentage, uh, there's another uh, rating called um, Simple Rating System SRS, which is basically um, the team that takes into account the average goal differential and strength of schedule. Um, the rating is in goals above or below average, where zero is the average. So okay. zero is an average team. So how good above an average above average and okay. it's based on goals uh above average the 70 71 bruins were 2.29 goals above the average team which is ridiculous Jesus, in hockey that's ridiculous yeah. yeah so that means like every single game they're beating you by better than you know two, two to nothing goals yeah yeah uh, so um of all bruins teams of all time uh, this 22-23 Bruins team is second behind that team at 1.79. Okay. The 29-30 team that won the Cup uh, is third at 1.6. So this team, if you want to go with goals above average, is the second best team the Bruins have ever had. 
If you want to go, go by point percentage, they're second to the 29-30 team, um, which the 29-30 team was 8-7-5 in points percentage. This team is 8-3-9. Wow. So, and I know it's not a full season. You know, they right. could go through stretches. Um, and then the 77-71 team was 7 Seven six, so uh, this is this along with the twenty nine thirty team are the only two teams in Bruins history to have a point percentage over eight hundred. Uh, both Crazy. those teams were first in goals, um, or or close to it. Uh, no, actually, sorry, the seventy seventy one team uh, was first in goals. The twenty nine thirty team was first in goals. The Bruins team is either second or third. Um, the other two teams were right near the top in goals against also. So um, all those, these are, this is one of their top three best teams. Now you can argue uh, those other two, who they are, those other two teams, both won cups. Um, But if you want to talk about recent history, this is the best team they've had, not since they won in 11, but since they won in 70, 71. Wow. So this is the best team they've had in 50 years. It is the best team on paper now that they've had in 50 years and, 50 and, years. and, uh, you know, like we said, still a lot of season left to go, right. but right. through this point in the season, uh, what they've been doing is historic. It is, it is. It's, uh, and it's amazing. And still you have this thought in your back of your head, like they can't possibly be like the best team. <laughs> you do. Like, it's weird. It's just, it's just strange. It's because, and I think part of it is because we just didn't have, we had the expectation that they were, they would be treading water. Like they are just now would be making up for a, a slow start because of those injuries we thought they'd have. So we thought this would be like, okay, your team's back together right about now ish, maybe a, a week ago or two. Mm-hmm. And, but, they came back sooner and they started much better, like significantly better. So we thought that this was going to be a real grind just to get back in it. But instead they're, they're, they're way ahead of the curve. So excellent analysis on your part. Thank you. Appreciate Um, that. All right. Beauties and benders time, the beauties for this week and uh, beauty number three, the PHF league. Going to love you. eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. I'll tell you, the Professional Hockey Federation salary cap will double to $1.5 million per team in 2023-24. So I, I, I love this, but I am cautiously optimistic about this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So I love the fact that it's happening. I think that's yep. tremendous for women's hockey and for that league. Right. My problem is, is I think they may like maybe going a little overboard there. Like yeah, go a little, yeah, go yeah, a little, like, take it, like yeah, doubling take it, dive. like, yeah. ew, that makes me a little <laughs> nervous. Like, yeah, sure. You want to go from seven fifty to, you know, a million or a million and a quarter yeah. even, right. but, but to, double, to, to yeah. double it just makes me like a little nervous. Like I want the women to get paid more. They should get paid more. Um, 100%. but it just makes like the the MLS when they came in, they were real, real cautious all the way right. through early on, and then they right. expanded, 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 and now they're you know they have a thriving league. Um, so it just makes me a little nervous that they're like really going balls to the wall, like right. doubling the salary cap. Like that just right. it makes me a little nervous. But I I hope I hope they succeed. I hope it doubles again next year, and they and they continue right. with the growth. 
And it's going to take a couple of heavy hitter owners to really take it, you know, another level in a TV deal, like a legitimate, like TV deal, which could come. I mean, WNBA had it. I mean, it, you know, it, it could, it can come, you know, it certainly can come. Um, but this is, you know, it's, it's good news that they are in this position to at least take this opportunity. Right. Even if it's, even if you think it might be a little bit too risky or a little bit too much too soon, but uh, it's, it's great that they're in this position to do that. So good for the PHF and you can get all sorts of PF PHF news on inside the rink.com. You certainly can. You certainly can. Uh, beauty number two, Jake DeBrusque. They're going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Jake had a, quite a week. He had a, he had a goal against Bruce Cassidy in Vegas and sellied it to death and then talked about it afterwards and said that it was uh, yeah, a, a great feeling. He, he didn't really mince any words there. He said it was a great feeling and accepted the fact that he just didn't say, ah, you know, it's, we're past that. He didn't say that at all. He, he said that that was a great, great feeling for him, and I'm sure it was. Then he had two goals and was terrific uh, in this last game. So uh, Jake has been just dynamic and the team's been dynamic with him up in that top line. And he's been just so, so good and a real bargain at 4 million a year. Now, all of a sudden, what a difference a year makes. Yeah. I think he had three, he had three points in the Islanders game. So I, he might even be up to like second or third now on the team and scoring um, behind uh, Pasternak and a couple of top guys. Yeah, he's he's been uh and, and that's the thing that has stood out to me with him is that his assists are up. Remember yeah. you remember when he had those goals and you're like, boy, he just never gets any assists. Like he's a pure like mm-hmm. catch it and score it kind of guy. But now he's second on the team in points. Yeah. Behind Pasternak with twenty three points. He has eleven goals and twelve assists. Yeah. I mean on, on the year. He's really he's really turning into a complete player that brings it every night, and that's been kind of the knock on him uh, early on in his career was he w- didn't bring it every night no, and right. would go through long stretches where, you know, he, he wouldn't score. He'd get kind of down on himself and so forth. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the credit has to go to Montgomery and the way that he's handled them. Uh, I mean, you could give some of the credit, I guess, to Cassidy switching him to the top line last year. But I think a lot of it goes to Montgomery this year and the way he's handled them. I think the guys feel a lot more free to, to just play. Uh, he's not in anyone's doghouse now. You know, he's just out there playing hockey and having a blast. Uh, and like you said, Sally season is uh, right now. You know, happy holidays. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and in 28 games into the season, the Bruins have seven guys with 20 points. Yeah. So seven guys with almost a point per game. Seven yeah. guys. And one is in Zaka has 19. Yeah. There's, like, there's, yeah. There's a few other guys who are close. So, yeah, um, yeah I think Jesus. my, my, um, my prediction of eight twenty goal scorers, uh, bold got, prediction. Four ten goal scorers. Yeah, I right mean, now. you're looking at uh, you're looking at projecting those out, and and uh, it's looking decent for me. You know, it, knock it, on wood. Really Hopefully, uh, really is. Yeah, it is. Hopefully, Especially so. if Coyle gets twenty because he has eight. I know. Eight That's goals. what I'm saying. It's looking yeah. it's looking all right for me it right really now. It's too bad I couldn't have put put some money on my bold I prediction. Know. Damn well, it. it's going to be different this year. You're going to hit it like I hit it last year with Jake getting 25. <laughs> you did. Now you're going to hit it this year yeah. with your prediction. Your Hopefully. Prediction. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. And beauty number one, Alex Ovechkin. going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. 800 career goals, third all time, one behind Gordie Howe. He has scored on 165 different goaltenders. That's third all time. I mean, he just a pro- prolific goal scorer. I mean, yeah. 
There's a there's a they very very pace. good chance, and right. we've talked about it before. We talked right. about it with Arda Ocal a little bit. Uh, right. He thinks Ovechkin's going to break the record. We think Ovechkin's going to break the record. Arda sure. thinks that Matthews is going to break Ovechkin's record after Ovechkin right. breaks it. Um, right. I think I think Ovechkin, if he plays long enough, has an outside shot at a thousand. He does. He does. Two hundred more goals. He yeah. Does. Yeah. If he plays, you know, five to six more years. Yeah. Four, four to five more years. He does. He yeah. has a chance. I think he has yeah. a chance. He, he definitely has a chance. And, um, you know, he, he scored on 165 different goals. Oh, that's crazy. Which is kind of ridiculous. Um, and like you said, goal scorers don't grow on trees. They don't. No, they don't. Uh, all right. Bender's time. Uh, Bender number three, John Moore. John Moore. What do we got a problem with John, John Moore, Moore for? What the hell did he do? John Moore. Let me <laughs> let me explain. Uh, the Bruins calendar was flipped to December, and guess who's on December? John Moore. John Moore, <laughs> John Moore is the December uh, focus of the uh, Bruins calendar. Awesome. And you, you know who wasn't on the Bruins calendar in 2022? Pasta? All oh, right. Uh, that's <laughs> just Pasta. that's just sensational yeah. design yeah, right it, there. That graphic yeah. design and social media oh. to the to oh, the tenth degree. My God, absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you should. I mean, got <laughs> like Vinny Lettieri on there, than John John Moore. That's just unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Um, all right, Bender number two, the wind. Ah, <laughs> 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 Bender. I thought I, I I literally thought my house was gonna get lifted up and transported to Oz today. Uh, while we were trying to try to start the podcast up, my lights started to flicker a little bit. The oh, yeah. the house was rustling about. It really uh, felt like the roof was gonna get ripped off, and I was gonna have to do the podcast right. outside today. Right. So uh, fuck you, the wind, yep. and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, hopefully you know you'll take it easy on me going forward. Yeah, thank uh, you so we, much. We, we right before we had Chris Allen, you're like, I hope I don't lose power. We lose this interview. Yes, yeah. unbelievable. Is blow away. Unbelievable. Uh, is it just this is is it me or is it for the last like year or so? Does it just feel like it's windy every friggin' day? Like every day, it is. And windy. you you know it's a falsehood. You know it's an absolute okay. falsehood, and it okay. and it irks me. Okay. They call Chicago the windy city. Oh, you know what? Oh, no, yeah. You know what city is windier than Chicago? Yeah, Boston. Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Boston. So we'll take we'll yeah. take we'll take that. Yeah, Foxborough is too. We'll take that little uh, that little trinket, that little bullshit thing that you have yeah. there. That's us. Oh, That's yeah. ours. That's us. We'll have That's it. The windy city. We'll yeah. take the windy city. We'll take yeah. it. It's better than Beantown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know how you know you're not from Boston is because you call it Beantown. No yeah, one from here Bean, calls it that. Calls it Beantown. Like, hey, I'm headed to Beantown. Hey, you haven't been there before. <laughs> no, you've yeah. never been there before, have you? Because <laughs> right. if you had and you had said that to someone from Boston. Boston, they would have told you you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's not stop being told. And there's no such thing as a Harvard Yard. Where the fuck that is either. All right. Uh, bender number one, Gary Batman. Ah, the bender. You know, salary cap goes up one mil. We got we got half the league with no cap room. It's just going to be quite an off season of dangling and moving around and minimum minimum contracts for guys who deserve so much more. It's just going to be. It's just going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand that. He's like, oh, we're four to five million dollars away in the, in the escrow or whatever, and 
Uh, can't they just like cut him a check and they like raise the thing? Didn't they, didn't they have, talk about this? Didn't they have the like that had five billion dollars or something of like an an enormous amount of revenue this year? Like it was enormous. Like they, it's, well, yeah, they talk about that. They brought Seattle into the league, so they got they got right. money off of that. They right. they the ESPN deal. They the ESPN deal, yeah. the TNT deal. They right. they have ads on helmets. They got ads on jerseys. Right. They got ads on the boards that are rotating that people hate. They right. got all kinds of shit. You know, the digital ads, all this stuff. You add all that up, and then you can't raise a cap more than a million dollars. I don't know. Uh, seriously, dollars. Yeah, I mean, I, I the PHF raised this seven hundred fifty k. Yeah, seven hundred fifty k. They have like yeah. six teams, right? Sixties. Yeah, right, right. And no, so two hundred fifty more TV than the deals. PHF. Yeah. Right. Come on, Gary. Wow. Not real. Wake Gary. the fuck up. Seriously. I mean, seriously, seriously. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it get past the pandemic and still be in this type of, you know, this have this type of revenue stream and in this good of shape financially is like a blessing. And now, and now you've raised it 1 million bucks. Mm. And it's just, it's just asinine. And those fucking ads on the boards, he said the other day or yesterday, or maybe even today, he said that the, the surveys have said, or whatever, a fan, fan. Oh yeah. They like watching the game more. Like really? Do they like watching it more? <laughs> that's, really? That's not true at all. It's, it's like, I'm surprised people have seizures. I mean, the that's thing, not the true. thing is fucking brutal. Oh my God. That's it is. so, so oh the opposite of what is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite, Gary. Uh, Okay, Bruins Brenda's power rankings for this week. And the Pittsburgh Penguins remain at seven, eight, one, and one in their last 10. They won six in a row. Hey, the Carolina Hurricanes are sixth. They stay there for this week. Dallas Stars, fifth. Sneaky good team. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Hanging around. Yeah. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights have dropped down to four after that loss to the Bruins. Toronto is third, as they were uh, actually they were fourth last week. They yeah. moved up to third. And then the Devils. Uh, at two, first in the Metropolitan, and then Boston, still at number one, 23, four, and one. Well-deserved. Yes. Well-deserved. Without a doubt. Uh, so now we'll look at the teams who uh, are not doing things well. Uh, this is the Bruins oh. Benders Power Less rankings, and coming in at number 30 is Columbus, who can't even tank properly as they got four <laughs> points this week. So, out of boy. Up from 18 to 22. Uh, you know, Johnny Hockey's just out there, you know, lighting it up uh, yeah. and, and uh, yeah, trying to get them right out of the cellar. So. You wow. can play with a bunch of nobodies and not play with Connor Bedard. Wow. Everybody was hurt, and they still got four points. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, Chicago coming in at 31. Uh, they are 1-8-1 in their last 10, and considering trading Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane both to the Bruins. We'll take them yes. both, Chicago. We'll take them both. Yeah. We'll take them both. A couple of second rounders. Imagine if they got both. A couple of second. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? A couple of second rounders. Uh, Brett Harrison. Jacob Lauko, yeah. Luke Toporowski, call yeah. it a day. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. Appreciate Connor it. Connor Carrick. <laughs> love you. Paul, love Paul you. Yeah. Keith oh. Kincaid, love you, mean it. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Keith Kincaid. You want to throw a 33-year-old goaltender? They're coming in at number 32. Your and Chris Nylans, Montreal yeah. Canadiens. Sure. Uh, 14, 12, and 2. Four points above. Uh, last in the Atlantic. So, you know, still kind of towards the bottom, uh, even though they're above 500 and, and playing pretty well. Um, you know, we don't particularly care for them much. We had to talk Montreal today. 
uh, with Knuckles, and it was a little difficult. But uh, we got it done because we powered through. We are pros, um, but we do yeah, not like pros. really the Canadians at all. And um, we are happy to see them at number 32 in the rankings. No, we don't, we don't like them at all. A Boston guy loving the Montreal Canadiens, but we do love Chris. He's, uh, he's always been kind to us and yes, always he been chatty with us. And it was really, and it's always entertaining. It absolutely yeah, is. He tells you, it tells you like it is. Love it. Um, all right. Prospect spotlight time. Hey, how's Georgie Mikulov doing? Georgie was signed last year after finishing up uh, at uh, his uh, sophomore season at the Ohio State University, the Ohio State University. And Georgie this year is with the Providence Bruins. And in 21 games, has five goals, 11 assists for 16 points. He is a plus six on the season. He's, I think he's missed a couple of games here or there. He's, you know, a little banged up and so forth. But uh, the left shot forward, who is 22 years of age, just turned 22 in October, uh, has some skills for sure and uh, is will be looked upon to try to maybe potentially uh, be a factor maybe next season with the uh, Bruins team. Yeah, and he, he should be a factor. I think he should be coming into camp, you know, with the with the idea that he's going to win a job with the Bruins. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's having a, a pretty good year in Providence. You know, it's his first kind of real full year down there. Uh, so it's nice to see him, you know, producing and, and playing kind of in all situations. He seems to have a pretty good chemistry with Fabian Lysel. They seem to mm-hmm. um, have developed something there. So that's good to see because, uh, you know, Lysel is another guy who could be uh, pushing for a Bruins job next year. So uh, good to see some of some of their prospects um, doing pretty well. And, and uh, hopefully that bodes well for the Bruins in the future. And the other guy who has really benefited from playing with Lysel and Mikulov is the aforementioned Vinny Letieri, who uh, is having a terrific season, 27 years old. He has played, you know, 40, I don't know, 50 or 60 NHL games in the past, I guess. But uh, he's been, uh, you know, he's been pretty good too for them. But Mikulov definitely needs uh, Mikulov and Lysel and Lowry when he leaves Ohio State. You need those guys to to join the big club in the next couple of years here for sure. Uh, week in a week ahead for the Bruins, December 15th versus the LA Kings, December 17th versus the powerhouse Columbus blue jackets who, uh, who will be looking to uh, tank. So hopefully they, uh, the Bruins will pound them again as they did at Columbus. And then on December 19th, the Florida Panthers come back in, to Boston, so three home games coming up for the Bruins. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. Subscribe to the alerts on there or on TikTok. You can bet we'll show a clip of uh, Chris Nyland on there to, this uh, week. Please rate and review on Apple and subscribe and follow on the pl- podcast platforms and sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and once again, thanks to Chris Nyland for joining us. And thanks to you for listening. And we'll see everybody again next week. Have a great week, everybody. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Oh,